I'm going to set up our passage. If you would turn with me to Luke chapter 18, verse 35. Luke 18, 35. I'll be reading out of the New International Version. I invite you to follow along whatever you have in front of you. God's word is good. Luke chapter 18, verse 35 to 42, 43. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting on, by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God when all the people saw it. They also praised God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for your written word, your living word, Jesus Christ, in our lives, Lord. We pray that we continue to be spoken to and learn about you and come to know you through your wonderful word, Lord. We give you all the thanks and all the praise in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We're going to be putting a couple of these passages together. I think we separate them too much as, as we do at times. And, and I want us to think about, this talks about, we, we hear about Jericho in the Old Testament a lot. We hear about Jericho, but we really don't see a lot of Jericho. The city, a very important city, a wealthy city, uh, just north of Jerusalem, and it really kind of was a gateway, and a lot of people filtered through that, and, and the road we've heard many times between Jericho and Jerusalem was difficult, it was steep as path, it was uh, dangerous, people would come, and this was the path that Jesus would go, this was as he was getting ready to enter Jerusalem as king. So he's passing through here. But see, Jesus doesn't just pass through for no reason, right? He always has a purpose for what he is doing. And even though Jericho only plays a very small part here in the New Testament, we see right here a couple things in this passage from 1835 through the first half of 19 is the only real place that we see Jericho coming into play. And as he's coming in, he sees a need. We see a little bit different versions in this, but how he sees a need of these blind people, and, and it is by their faith, this is a really big theological point, that it's by their faith that they are healed. This is actually the same word as saved that goes through and interprets it different ways, but this is what healed the blind man. You see, and he's going through, he's passing through, and, and he sees this need, and he takes care of his need. He knows this need. Uh, he didn't have to call out. Jesus had already understood and knew. But see, in his mind, he's also going to Jericho for another reason. He knows that there is a man that is going to make a difference in the world. But only by the power and the Spirit and the grace and the mercy that God provides. 
Now, I actually preached just a few years ago on this passage. We got some, uh, just some new thoughts on this that I wanted to share with you. And has anybody heard the story of Zacchaeus? Okay, come on, everybody's got to raise your hand. Not everybody, most everybody. This is one of those stories, right, that we love climbing the tree, and, and it's a short guy. I never like reading this story because it just reminds me of my own shortness, right? So I don't, nobody, I don't like, well, I don't like reading this. No, I'm just kidding. I love reading this story. I love reading this story. This is such a great example of how we are to come to God. See, God chooses us, but He chooses those that He knows will respond. He knows our hearts and will, He will call if we will respond. And we see here that there's already an inward change within Zacchaeus before he ever even interacts with God. He knows that his faith is in this person that is coming, and even though he has not met him, he has met him. Anybody ever felt like that before? Jesus meets with us. He comes to us. His spirit touches us in a way that we can't even fully understand, fully really explain before we ever acknowledge and really know. And I believe that that is a part of this story because we know that we know about Zacchaeus right if we had to give a word that would describe Zacchaeus and we probably could come up with a lot of them besides short and besides tree climber right I like we could do an illustration I could go out and we could just I could just climb a tree and say this is who you know this is this is a great story of a, of a tree climber so they could see Jesus but you know what he didn't need to see Jesus because Jesus had already touched him we see in here that this is about faith this is about changing from a word that we would use to describe him of grace greed he represents so much more he is a representation of truly that nature of us inside that is about us it's about greed see see Zacchaeus was was not just a tax collector right he was the chief tax collector this is the, nobody likes Zacchaeus they did not like him because he's short. They didn't like him for any other reason other than he was kind of corrupt because he jumped in in this corrupt system and he gained money. He gained favor by oppressing his own people. They did not like him at all. You see where he's really greedy is there's some people that would have nothing and they would have the opportunity to, to, to oppress others to gain wealth. But see, he was... He was wealthy before. We're going to learn how we know that, I, at least how I'm convinced that he was wealthy before. And he probably used that wealth and that position to get the position of chief tax collector, man, because you can ring it in, you can add on to it, but you have to have no ethics. You can be successful in this world without ethics, right? We see that time and time again, but you cannot be successful in the kingdom of God with no ethics. Jesus entered Jericho. See, this is, he was outside. This is the only part where he is in Jericho. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through a man there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Now see, I think Jesus was coming that way because he knew exactly who was there. He had already met with Zacchaeus. He knew, I think the purpose for him going to Jericho, stopping and making this, was so that he could have an interaction or a relationship 
was Zacchaeus. He knew that there was promise in him. He knew there was potential in him. He knew that he would respond if he just got to meet him. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. There's a lot of this language that we see in here today, immediately, right here and now. There's a lot of language here that has this response nature that his heart was already willing, able, and was prepared to respond to Jesus. I don't know what it is that Jesus has for you today, but it's probably something. And and the question is, is, are you listening? Another question is, are you willing to respond? And are you willing to respond now? Because I think a lot of us are willing to respond tomorrow. And then tomorrow becomes tomorrow. And then tomorrow's tomorrow's tomorrow. We have to be willing to respond when He calls us, when He speaks to us, when He touches our heart. We must be willing to respond then. See, he knew Zacchaeus' heart. He said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And of course, we've all heard how scandalous this is that all the people, they say to him, oh, you can't go there. This is a sinner. That's a part of the story we know. So he came down. Guess what? He came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Are you welcoming Jesus gladly in your lives today? Or are you doing it maybe hesitantly or begrudgingly? How do you welcome Jesus into your entire life? All the people saw this and began to mutter, grumble maybe some would say. He has gone to be with the guests, to be the guest of a sinner. Well, where else is he going to go? He's got no other houses besides sinners' houses, right? <laughs> if he wants to eat a meal or he wants to visit with somebody, he's going to meet at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now. I love that language. Here and now. I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. See, right here is how we know that he was rich beforehand. We know that his greed propelled him, because guess what? If he had gained all of his money through these ways, he wouldn't have had enough to do that. It is only because he was wealthy before that he was able to give back that much. See, his greed had overwhelmed him. His greed had controlled him. It propelled him. But do you see how fast he gave that greed up? Do you see how his heart had been transformed by the pure presence of Christ in his life, Christ's spirit, that he would be able to immediately come down the tree, immediately welcome him to a home, and immediately give everything that he had been spending his entire life gaining from this world. If you don't have that kind of heart for Christ right now, then we have work to do, right? We, not excluding myself, we have work to do. Jesus said to him, today, I love this language in this passage, today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save, same word, save the lost 
That's the appreciation that we have that Christ came. God sent his son to seek and save the lost. He's saying this to this crowd. I just love this whole visual of Zacchaeus being just ready and willing. And just, I'm telling you, he's already done. It wasn't about saying some magical prayer. It wasn't about anything else. It was him being willing to God, for God to change his heart. And God knew that he had to go to Jericho. He had to pass through Jericho because Zacchaeus was already there, already waiting. He was excited. He ran to him. He jumped in a tree. He saw him. He said, here I am, God. Send me. You see the heart that we see throughout Scripture of the people that God uses when they're ready and they're willing. Here, God, send me. You see, there is repentance in Zacchaeus, before any of this, I believe that he is already just bursting out to find him. See, earlier we'd already seen the rich young ruler that kind of is the, the counter to this. See, these all things run together. The rich young ruler wasn't willing to do what Zacchaeus was now willing to do. He was just as rich. He was giving up just as much. This is one way to respond, which is not what we are called to do. And this is the other way to respond, which is the way that we are called to do. It can be done. There is power in Jesus to change the person to their core, that greed becomes generosity, that greed becomes life-giving, that greed can actually be turned into blessing and favor and even salvation and forgiveness. You see, this is a part of the story that, that reminds me of so much I think of a song that we sing sometimes, right? Great hymn based on Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Don't you see that in Zacchaeus? Create in me. It is from God as a source. Nothing that Zacchaeus does. There's nothing that had happened in Zacchaeus' life that it's prepared really, except that Christ must have been there and been there, and prevenient grace in his life to prepare him for this. There's not like he was down, not like something happened, not like he had hit the bottom of the barrel. Nothing, everything was going well, except guess what? He was alone, he was isolated, and he was only about the things of the world. But God said, Zacchaeus, change your heart. I will put a new heart within you. I will restore a joy that you did not have through this new heart. I will give you salvation if you are just willing to allow me to do the work that I do, that I'm able to do in each and every one of us. See, that Psalm 51 continues on. It says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you he doesn't just clean our hearts for ourselves but for others see it doesn't start with us it starts with god and it doesn't end with us it's not about you it's not about me it is about his kingdom his glory and his power and his majesty and his love and his mercy to be delivered he says he continues here in psalm 51 deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed O god you are my god my savior and my tongue will sing your righteousness he has that appreciation open my lips lord my mouth will declare your praise Are you in Jericho? 
Is Jesus passing through? Is he preparing your heart for a change, a transformation of your life? I don't care if you're greedy. I don't care if you're a gospel. I don't care if you're anything. The sin is not too much for God's forgiveness. We just have to have a heart of repentance. Repentance is not a transaction. You see, too often we think, oh, if we repent, then God will be faithful and just, right? If we repent, he will do this thing. You know what? He has already given us this gift, and we repent is a response to what God has done within us. It's already there for us. Our salvation is already there if we would just know and have faith in who he is, what he has done, and what he has for us. Repentance is not a transaction. Repentance is transformation. You get that? Repentance is not a transaction. It's not if I do this because that is a works-based thing that, that I only get what God has for me because I'm willing to know I get what God has for me because he has already changed my heart because he knows I will respond. We just have to have a heart of response today, immediately, here and now. Will you respond to everything God has for you and the transformation that he wants to do in you. It's not an apology. Repentance is not an apology. It is a willingness to be changed. Because guess what? We do not want to be of the world. We want to be of God. It does not have, I love it. Repentance doesn't have the stench of arrogance, but rather the aroma of humility. I didn't read that one anywhere. Repentance doesn't have a stench of arrogance, but the aroma of humility. Zacchaeus here, right? He could have been, he could have said, you know, he could have had the little man syndrome. He could have been up there. He could have popped up. I'm the, I have all this money. I have this authority. I can come. I can charge you more if I want to. I can do all these things. And, and I'm sure he lived with a great arrogance before. I think he used his power. He abused his power. But guess what? When you come to God, the arrogance goes away. You do not boast except the boast of the things of him. And you come to a part where you are humble and hum, have humility like Jesus that would come and humbles himself coming down from heaven to give up that throne to come down to be born of a virgin in this place with us being hungry being unclothed being unfed that's humility that he has modeled for us already that is who he comes and guess what for whatever reason god knew that zacchaeus's heart had already been changed it was inward to him that it had already changed. And so he came to Jericho with a purpose. He came to Jericho knowing that Zacchaeus was willing to be used. And too often, we leave that story stop right there. And we let that story be about Zacchaeus. It's not about Zacchaeus. And guess what? It's not about me and it's not about you. The story goes on there. See, God is using Zacchaeus as a blessing. You want to talk about people being saved and people being healed and their situations changed? Guess what? This story, how many people are changed by this story in Jericho? This rich man gave away half his wealth. He took these families that had been oppressed and he gave them back fourfold. Much more than he had to. There were laws that you would have to give back if you would abuse someone and different things. But no, he said, I'm going to give even more. Guess what? Every one of those lives was changed. You know, under, I, I just, the, my mind goes to, do you think that any of those families didn't know how they were going to feed themselves that night? 
that didn't know how they were going to do whatever they needed to do and had been praying to a God to change and to do something in their life? Do you ever think about all those other people that their lives were changed because God answered those prayers through the willingness of a man named Zacchaeus? That his heart was changed so much that not only did he accept his own salvation, he said, I'm going to be a part of something greater, and I'm going to have a heart of humility, and I'm going to have a heart of generosity, and I'm going to have a heart of hospitality, and I'm going to use what I have been given so that God's glory and God's kingdom will be seen, known, and felt in a new way. Amen? That's what it means to be transformed. It doesn't just mean, I want to go to heaven. I want to be saved. No, I want to be a part of God's kingdom in this place and make a difference. I want Him to see a heart in me that has been transformed, that I am willing to be humbled. I am willing to be generous. I am willing to be hospitable to to the poor, to those that have been cheated. I want to give myself over to him and have a heart like Jesus. Jesus came for those with the poor in spirit would now have a new spirit, right? He is giving over himself so that he may seek and save the lost, that he may come, he may heal, he may make right the things of this world. And see, we could stop right there and I'm... There's just too much here I don't want to miss, but the story really doesn't even stop there, and, and I don't want to go too much into this, but the parable after this is still why they are still listening, so you know that these are con- connected, and we shouldn't really separate those so much. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. It was coming. No, he says, it's not time yet. I am here. Things are changing. But the kingdom has not yet come. He said a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. Who's that sound like? Jesus. Right? He came to become king. He was noble birth. He went to a distant country called here from heaven. To have himself appointed king. This is the passage. What's the next passage about? Anybody know? You can read and look at the heading. It's pretty easy. He comes to Jerusalem as a king. They were anointing him. Appointing him king. A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king. And then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minus. Which is about three months wages as you can read most of the bottom of most years. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. And we've heard those passages. There's other references to this in the Gospels. That we are to use what we have for his kingdom to bring it about, to be a part of what is good, what is holy, what is God's work. Until he comes back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. Well, this is what's happening too. He says, don't worry when the world hates you, for they hated me first, right? They hated him. 
We don't want this man to be our king. See, today in the church calendar, we don't always speak a ton. Uh, Today is called Christ the King Sunday. It's into this part of the year and leads us up into Advent next week. But it's celebrating Christ as our king, the only true king. And as we put that forward, because we're getting ready, they're getting ready to announce him. He was made king, however. See, they, we can go and we can say that we don't want him to be king, but guess what? He is, right? It, we can go and we can say we don't believe. The world can say we don't believe in this Jesus, right? We don't believe in any of this. We think it's just fairy tale. We think it's just placating people to make them feel better, but it doesn't matter because guess what? He is still king. They don't get to reject. They can reject the man, but they cannot reject God. He was made king, however, and returned home. He will return home. They sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. What are we gaining with our money? And it's not just money, but it is. It's all these things. Do we have a heart of generosity? Do we have a heart of humbleness? We'll come back, and what are we using our stuff for? Now, one interesting thing that we don't always see with this story is they would have actually heard this in in a little bit different way. See, we've heard of Herod the Great, right? We've heard Herod the Great. Uh, He was there, and he's one that, you know, worried about Jesus coming, and and he was doing all these things. Guess what? He died before Jesus came. Oh, before Jesus grew up and did his ministry, before this time. And he separated these parts, and they, they had three different sons that got parts of this, and Archelaus was one of those that was over Judea in this part, and guess what he had to do? When, when Herod said, these are who I want to be king, they were under Roman rule. Now, they actually had to go and ask for that, so he had gone to ask. Do you know what the people around him did? They sent a delegation of 50 people to Rome and said, we don't want this guy to be our king context matters right they had said we don't want this so not only is jesus being rejected by his people but archelaus they would have seen this that this happens but guess what he came back guess what they did they made him king you may go begrudgingly but he says you're going to be answered to me as king but they understood that jesus is using that as an illustration saying i will come back i am your king and the thing is you you want to say in your mind if you like it or not but that's not the heart of jesus He's, I'm your king, and I beg you to recognize that so that you too may be saved. There's a different heart there with Jesus. I love you so much that I will do everything I can so that you too may be saved. And maybe that's also using us. Just as Zacchaeus says, I'm willing. He asks us, are you willing? Are you one of these servants that is going to send and respond and bring ten more into the fold, five more into the fold? Are we going to think that it's about Zacchaeus? Are we going to think that it's about ourselves? And hold on to just that one, us. That's not the heart of Christ. Be used. Be humble. Be loving. Be generous. Be kind doesn't matter what you were yeah we were greedy yeah we hated him yeah we turned him over yeah we crucified him on the cross yes all these things but guess what he is still king he is still coming back and he still has a plan that he's going to use us that guess what he is not just passing through Corey. he's passing through Corey for a purpose he's looking for the people that he know will knows will respond 
to him and his call for our lives. Our church, we can't answer for everything else, right? But are we willing, immediately, here and now, to respond to the call of God, to go out and bring his kingdom to this place, to proclaim him as our king, and nothing else, nothing else in this world, nothing else matters. He replied, I tell you that everyone who has more will be given, but as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Now that was the other king. He's using that as illustration. But there's judgment there. When he comes back, which we do not know, you will answer only for what you have, what your heart is. Have the heart and the mind of Christ Jesus. Be transformed, molded. Be the clay that the one and only potter can use. And I tell you, he's done it. He's doing it. He's going to continue to do it for those that are willing. Let us, this church, be willing, be ready, be able, here and now, today, immediately, let us respond to whatever he has that he is speaking as a group, as a church, and us as individuals. Be like Zacchaeus. Not because he's just rich, not because he's given away, because he changed the lives of so many other families. Like I said, just hit me so hard that Zacchaeus' willingness and response touched other lives for Jesus Christ. Man, that's who we are called to be. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite the musicians of this to, to come up. See, we talk about the evidence. So we're going to sing. It's not a, the evidence isn't in Zacchaeus' life. It is in what? It says my life, right? My life. Be ready. Be willing. Respond to him and all that he has for us. Let us be faithful. Amen? Let us pray. Here, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this reminder today, Lord. We thank you that we are connected, that this is not about us, Lord, that there are those out there that need to be sought out, that need salvation, and you are enough, but we are a part of it. You have sought us out in Corey because our hearts were ready. Lord, let us continue to have that same heart, Lord, that we may go out, that we may touch others for your glory and your purpose you chose us because you knew we would respond so let us continue to respond for all that you have for us is your wonderful precious name we pray these things amen we're so happy that you've chosen to listen to our sermon today on the platform of your choice we at Corey community church the nazarene continue to honor our calling to be kingdom people we rely upon the gift of the fellowship and community to equip each other to fulfill our mission of reflecting the love of Christ to all those that God has placed within our lives. We welcome you to join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. in Corey, Indiana, just south of State Road 46. God bless.